0: Well, hey, let's get ready to dive into the Word today. Um, would you all stand to your feet right now? And uh, we are going to continue on in our series. It's not complicated. Has this series been blessing y'all, Lighthouse Church? Last week, Pastor Sam did a phenomenal job preaching um, from this series. If you were, if you weren't here, if you missed it, please go back and catch it. He, he did a great job. Um, really, just handling. That not only the topic, but, but as the author of the book, I felt he did a phenomenal job, really conveyed my heart, and so it blessed me to hear it. It was kind of strange hearing someone preach my own book back to me, but it, it was great, and, and so I would really want for you to get that, but we've got something else that we're going to dive into today, and it's, again, it's right through our text, so let's go to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and I'm going to read uh, one verse to you they are going to actually read it in a different version of the Bible as well to really grasp what I believe God wants to say to us through this text. So Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and it reads as follows. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Everybody say pattern. You probably didn't even know, but the world has a pattern. And Paul says you do not want to conform to the pattern of this world. He goes on to say, but be transformed. Everybody say transformed. I like that word right there. Be transformed. How are we going to do this? By the renewing of our mind. Then you're going to be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now we're going to read that same verse in the New Living Translation. Because there's some thoughts there that resonate with this. and It just reads a little differently. Let's read it now. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think there's that word transform one more time let him transform you by changing the way you think then you will learn to know god's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect for the next few moments i want to preach to you on this topic a better source a better source let's pray one more time and then i'll see you and we'll get going father in the name of jesus we thank you god First and foremost, for how you've kept this church four years later, here we are, God, by your grace. And we rejoice, Lord God, in the work that you are doing here. And now, God, as we turn our attention to your word, I pray that you speak to every single person that is here today. As I speak to the audience, Lord, would you speak to the individual? Would your Holy Spirit deposit a word, something that everybody needs from you, what you know that they need from you? Would you do that now? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Clap your hands, everybody, and you may be seated. Let's talk about a better source. Growing up, my mom would take me on errands with her. And errands weren't necessarily, like, the most enjoyable things to do. I didn't love going on errands the same way my boys don't like going on errands with their mama today. But nonetheless, my mom would take me with her to go on errands. Now, there was one particular errand that I low key. Did not mind going on. I did not mind going to the grocery store with my mom. And it's not because I like food, okay? That's part of it, but that ain't all of it, all right? But, but part of the reason I like going with my mom to the grocery store is because we would get to the checkout line. And when we got to the checkout line, my 9-year-old, 10-year-old little eyes couldn't help but search for the National Enquirer. Come on, how do you remember the National Enquirer? <laughs> like, like, it was right. At the checkout line, and the National Enquirer would have the craziest headlines on them. Do you remember? Do you guys remember this? Like some of the headlines were Elvis is an alien. You guys remember those headlines? Or or, or Hillary Clinton adopts a baby lizard. Was like like what? Or how about this headline: Vladimir Putin is a robot. Here's another headline that I wrote, and these are all headlines that I grabbed from the National Enquirer. I was searching through some of their crazy headlines. Here's one, the president of the United States is a lizard, and and so it's like, All of these crazy headlines, and I used to enjoy it. Like, my mom would grab the People magazine, and I'd be looking at the National Enquirer, just wanting to know, like, is Elvis an alien? Did somebody see a UFO? Did somebody get a picture of Bigfoot? And I couldn't help myself. I wanted to read those crazy headlines. Now, today we got a term for it, right? What's it called? Fake news. Like, we, we know all about fake news thanks to Donald Trump, right? So we all know about fake news. We all have context when we're talking about fake news. But the thing is, you don't got to go to the grocery store to get hit with fake news anymore, do you? All you got to do is just open up your social media app of choice and you're going to get fake news. It's your responsibility, Lighthouse, and I hope you do this, is to think critically about what you are reading and make an informed decision. I certainly hope you do, Lighthouse Church. I'll never forget. Have you guys heard of the the, the Christian satire? Uh, it, it's a website. Um, I'm, I'm sure had they existed 20 years ago, they would have been a printed publication. But have you heard of the Babylon Bee? It's a satire website. I got some funny stuff on there. I remember one time, right around the NFL free agency period, where you're reading about this guy signs a multi million dollar contract and this guy signs a multi million dollar contract. All that was going on. They did a satire piece, and it said Stephen Furtick, he's a pastor out in North Carolina, Stephen Furtick signs a six million dollar deal to become the next preaching pastor of Lakewood Church. It was a funny headline, right? It was all satire. None of that is real. But I had some person at the church that was so concerned, and he called me and said, Pastor Josh, did you read the headline? I'm mean, like, what headline? Stephen Furtick signed a six million dollars contract to go and be the preacher at Lakewood Church. I'm like, brother, you know that satire? No, it's not, Pastor Josh. I fact checked the story, and I was like, brother, what facts are you talking about? It's a fake story, and I had to try to convince him, but he was so made up in his mind that it was real. And and here's the crazy thing: so many people will accept a lie before they accept the truth. And so today what I want to talk to you about is I want to talk to you about the truth of God's word. Because there are too many people that are buying into the lies of the world and rejecting the truth of God's word and we have a better source of information than a tabloid we have a better source of information than what social media tells us we have a better source of information than what your favorite celebrity influencer is saying we have the word of god we have god's word to us we have this book that has existed for thousands of years that has made its way into our hands and we now have a better source everybody say a better source So I want to talk to you today about the Bible. Y'all ready to dive in together with me on the Bible? So let's put a few different names for the Bible on the table, okay? So the Bible has sometimes been called God's Word. You might know it as the Scriptures. You might know it as the Word of God. If you're from the South, it might be called the Good Book, all right? But all of these things are all synonyms for the same thing, the Bible. And now the word Bible, that word Bible is not actually even in the Bible. I don't know if you knew that. Fun fact. So Bible is not in the Bible. So where does this word Bible come from? Well, the word Bible comes from a Greek word, which is tabiblia, tabiblia. All right. And it simply means the books. OK, so so the, what Greek what, what they used to refer to as what we now call the Bible was simply The books That that was the Greco-Roman language that they used for both Old and New Testaments. They would say, could you come bring me the books? Could you you come bring me the books? Could you come bring me to Biblia? And so the word Bible is an English transliteration of that word to Biblia. Now, what you need to know about the Bible is this. There were over 40 different people who wrote the Bible. Over 40. And not once does it contradict itself. Not once. Once, could you imagine if we got every guy in this room right now to try to agree on something? I bet you we couldn't do it. I mean, unless it's bacon, we're all going to agree that bacon's good. But beyond that, you know what I mean? It's like we we're going to have disagreements, and yet the Bible has over forty different authors, and not once, when the Bible is correctly understood, does it contradict itself. But beyond that, it took one thousand six hundred years to write the Bible, and in a period of one thousand six hundred years, with over forty different authors, not once does the Bible ever contradict itself. How does that happen? Here's the reason why. Write this down. God is the author of the Bible. He just used men to write it. I'll say that again over here so because you, you all look like you all going to preach with me today, okay? God is the author of the Bible. He just used men to write it. That's why there's no contradiction. The Bible does not come to us because some men thought that it'd be a good idea to document some things and let's record these things. But we got the Bible because God inspired people through the Holy Spirit to write as he told them to do so. So so whenever someone says, I don't know about the Bible, it's just written by a bunch of men. No, no, no. Hold on a second. Hold on one second. That man held a pen, but it was God who did the thinking. Sometimes people say, I don't know about this man-made religion. It's all made by men. Yeah, God used men, but make no mistake, the author of the Bible that we now have in our hands is God. And I need for you to get that because God was inspiring men to do it. It's filled with truth. It's filled with thought. It's filled with ideas and descriptors that could never come from the mind of a man. The things that we have in the Bible could never come from the mind of the man. They could only come from the mind of God. And that's the Bible that we have in our hands today. And that's why I get so excited about the Bible. Some of you are like, he is so passionate, talking about an old dusty book. You see, you don't understand the Bible like I understand the Bible. This is the mind of God in my hands. And beyond that, what God wants us to do is get what is in his mind into our minds. You see, what God is trying to do through his word is he's trying to sync his mind with your mind. I don't know if you know that. A lot of other gods don't even want you to do that. That's why there's a lot of false gods in this world. There's a lot of paganism and idolatry. But it is only our God that wants his mind to get in sync with your mind. Or said better, he wants you to sync up your mind with his mind. And this is how he does it. Romans 12.2. I want you to catch what Paul says here in Romans 12.2 one more time. Now that I've said all of that, I want you to get this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we experience transformation? We've got to renew our mind. We've got to renew our mind. Everybody say "Renew." renew my mind. We are renewed first when our mind starts to get in sync with the word of God. And the Bible says when you begin to renew your mind, then you're going to know what God's will is. See, so many times people are like, I'm just trying to discern God's will for my life. But they can't apart from the word of God. You, you, You can't. Get in sync with the mind of Christ if you are not in sync with the word of God. Because the word of God is the mind of Christ now given to you. The word of God is God's thoughts now given to you. The word of God is God's ideas now given to you. And what he says is, I need you to take the way that you think and and, and table that and take the way that I think. What I want for you to do is start taking the way that I think and use that to change the way that you begin to process, change the way that you begin to think, change the way that you even begin to feel. It should be my word that is renewing your mind. So why does he do that? Because he doesn't want us now to conform to the patterns of the world. Everybody say patterns of the world. Of the world. You see, our natural bend the way that we are wired is we are going to follow the patterns of our worlds. I said worlds plural because I'm going to give you some examples of the different worlds in which we live in. Okay? First and foremost, we have our home. Okay, And so we are naturally going to bend to the environment of our home. Mom and dad, this is why it is so important that you are intentional with your children. You define what is normal for your children. I'm gonna say that a little louder. I thought I need some help in the tent this morning. Mom and dad, it is your responsibility to define normal to your child. And if you don't define normal to your child, their teachers will gladly do it, culture will gladly do it, social media will gladly do it. Someone will step in and define what is normal to your child if mom and dad you decide you're not going to do it but mom and dad i hope you get a righteous indignation on the inside of you and you commit to showing your kids this is how we do it in this house because this is how god has told me to do it and this is how god's word says we're gonna do it so you set the tone of your homes mom and dad believe that You better not be walking up into your house one of these days and seeing your kids run your house amok. All right, mom and dad? Set the tone of your home, okay? There's an environment of your home, and you get to set the tone of it. Your home. And, and and same with your family, too. Same with your family, too. Because so I, I thank God for godly grandparents. I thank God for godly grandparents that are also going to continue that on. And I thank God for godly aunts and uncles as well. They're going to help set that tone as well. Because how I many you know sometimes you get that one uncle that's a pain in the butt, and you're like, I do not want my kid next to that guy right there. There's no sirree. So, and, and listen, maybe you're here in the tent. I'm glad you're here, but don't be that guy, okay? Don't be that guy. We're trying to set the right tone. Another world in which we live in is is, is our school our school and, and and school is gonna shape your kids world and that's why you've got to be active in the school mom and dad school is not babysitting more and more it's becoming a place of indoctrination so you got to be active in what is happening in the school where else your co-workers sometimes you're you are being molded and shaped by your co-workers You listen to me a house church. You better find you the good coworkers, okay? Go go be friends with the coworkers that are killing it, not the ones that are taking two-hour lunch breaks, all right? Go and find (laughs) the good coworkers and surround yourself with them a few more places. Your friends and your clubs, your your friends are going to start to shape your world. there, There is something that moms say that it's not in the Bible, but it, like, belongs in the Bible. How many of you remember when your moms would say, show me who your friends are, and I'll tell you who you are? Right. That belongs like first mom, one, one. Like that should be (laughs) chapter and verse. And it is so true because all I've got to do is look at the people around you to know this is who you are going to become. Why? Because it's your environment. It's the pattern of your world. And Paul says, hold on a second. Don't just blindly follow the patterns of this world. You got to renew your mind because because here's the thing about here's the thing about our environments. All right. Our environments can be neutral. Everybody say neutral. Neutral. Meaning if you're in a good environment, you can grow into a good person. Okay? If you are in a bad environment, it is going to affect the type of person you become. So so this is why we've got to discern our environments because environments are are neutral in the sense that you don't got to go to the bad environment. Like you can opt out of that. But sometimes people just be going, I want to go hang out here, it's fun. It's like, hold on a second. That can lead you down a bad path. That that can lead you to destruction. And so the Bible says, don't copy the patterns of this world. Don't don't just follow what everyone else is doing. And and I'm going to take a little bit of a, trail here and just hang with me but i'm especially concerned with where we are headed as a nation i am especially concerned where we are headed as a country because right now the prevailing thought of our culture and i want you to hear me because it's actually in the bible it's in the bible where we are headed in this country is everyone is doing what is right in their own eyes. Did you know the Bible said that was going to happen? The Bible said in the last days, everyone will do what is right in their own eyes. You might be thinking, what in the world does that mean? What that means is we have preached this, this gospel, okay? And I'm talking about the world has preached this gospel that everyone should just live their truth. You just live your truth, baby. You're free to do your truth. You do you, boo. You know what I mean? Like, you guys ever heard that? And people are just saying, just, just live your own truth. Everyone just just do what's right in your own eyes. The problem with this, this means that if everyone does their truth, then there can be no absolute truth. If everyone is free to make everything their own truth, then there could be no truth, and that's dangerous. If somebody walks in here and says, the grass is blue inside this tent, this is turf, but if someone were to come in and say, this is blue, no, it's not. It's green. No, my truth is that it is blue, and because it is my truth, you can't tell me anything else. How many all know that it's just wrong? Yeah. How many know that there has to be a standard? How many know that there has to be an absolute truth? But more and more culture is saying, no, nah, it's whatever you feel." And do you want to know what this term is called? Expressive individualism. Expressive individualism. And what this means is more and more people are saying, "I get to do whatever I want," and no. Can tell me anything different. There was a time when we cared more for the welfare of others than simply just ourselves. But we have become so selfish. We, 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 we have become so egotistical that, that we are telling people, you, you just do you, you just do you, you just do you, you just do you. And 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 we get to this point, and this is where we're headed as a nation. And you might be thinking, well, Pastor Josh, is that really such a bad thing? Let me tell you this: it's becoming a bad thing. Because expressive individualism is now becoming, listen to me, listen to me, okay? Expressive individualism is becoming politicized, and once it has become politicized, it can be weaponized. And so people are jumping onto this thought of live your own truth, live your own truth, live your own truth. And the problem with that is now politics get involved. And how I many you know anytime politics gets involved with something, it's going downhill real quick. Uh, it goes get downhill real quick the minute it becomes politicized. But it's becoming politicized, and because it's becoming politicized, it is now weaponized. Now, I just went down a rabbit hole. I'm going to get off of that because that's not my message for today. But I want you to understand that's the pattern. Everybody say pattern. pattern. That's the pattern of this world. And the pattern of this world is simply that everybody wants to live their own truth. There could be no absolute truth. And I want to live my truth even if it hurts you. Even if it's to your own detriment. And how many know we gotta push back against this lighthouse, church? I said, how many know we gotta push back against this lighthouse, church? And and and, and so let's get back to our Bible. Because the Bible says this: write notes. If you're taking notes, write this down. The way that we don't copy the destructive patterns of this world is to renew our mind. So we have literally got to start changing the way that we think. And we learned through the word of God that the way that we change the way we think is to allow God's word to get on the inside of us. We we have got to allow the Bible. We have got to allow the scriptures to get on the inside of us. Why? Because God's plans for the scriptures wasn't just to inform, but it was to transform. God's design for his scriptures was not to inform But to transform. Too many times people approach the Word of God, it's just information. No, it's not just information. It is the transformative power of God that He has given to you so that whatever situation you are in before you come to Christ, He can transform you from that person into a brand new person. You can walk in with some habits, some destructive proclivities, but you can get in the presence of God and He can so change your world that He can transform you into a brand new person. Come on, clap your hands if you believe that, Lighthouse Church. He, he's going to transform you. He's not going to just leave you where you're at, but, but he's going to transform you into a new person. And I love this because so many people are like, well, you know, Pastor, I was just born this way, Pastor. This is, this is my life, and this is what I was dealt in. And I was, I was just born this way, Pastor, San, Pastor Josh. And to you, I would say, that's why the Bible says you need to be born again. You get to be born all over again. And the person you were before Christ doesn't have to be the person you are once you come to Christ. That's And where do we get that from? Well, Pastor Josh, where'd you get that from? From the word of God, from my Bible. And this is why it is so important that we get the Bible on the inside of us. Because what happens is as the Bible gets inside of us, it begins here in my mind. Everybody say my mind. mind. As it begins to renew my mind, then it begins to transform my thoughts. As it begins to transform my thoughts, it begins to transform who I am. And it all begins here. It all begins with renewing your mind, but make no mistake, the Word of God comes. It it, it begins to permeate our minds, but then it does a work in our spirits and in our souls. Who we are is being transformed by the truth of God's Word. Can I read you a passage of Scripture from the message paraphrasing of the Bible? The author is Eugene Peterson. He paraphrased the Bible, and it's called the message version. He says this in Hebrews 4, verses 12 through 13. He said, God means what he says. What he says goes, his powerful word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel. I love, I I just love that visual. That the word of God is like the scalpel in the hand of a surgeon. And he is going to use it to carefully not only open us up, but he is going to use it to cut away the things that are pulling us from his presence. That's what the word of God does. You see, when you leave a worship service like today, and and, and we've had to dial back worship services. I grew up in the type of church where it was three hours long, minimum. Minimum. Should we do that today? No, I'm kidding. We're not going to do that today. Minimum three hours. And if it got really good, we'd go like four hours, five hours. I mean, we went to church. I I grew up in the type of church where, where you had two hours of church in the morning and three hours of church in the evening. Anyone else grew up in that type of church? Yeah, yeah, we, we, I mean, Sunday was an all-day affair. Don't you be watching the NFL, you heathen. You're going to come to church <laughs> in the morning and at night, just in case you forgot something. <laughs> like, like there's a lot of church. And so, so nowadays, you know, we, 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 we've distilled it down to just a little over an hour. We, we've distilled it down, and, 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 and that's fine, and, and I'm okay with all of that. But, but make no mistake, what, what happens here is incredible. We gather corporately. We gather to celebrate and worship God, and I'm going to preach to you out of the word of God. But can I tell you that there are 167 other hours of the week where God wants to spend time with you? Can I tell you that there's more time during the week that God wants to meet with you? Can I tell you that there's more time during the week where God wants you to get into your word? And what I am saying here for the next 30 to 40 minutes is not enough. Simply put, you need more of God in your life. Yeah. Simply put, you need more Jesus. And how do we get to him? We get to him through his word. We, we, we get to God through his word. Let me finish this because Eugene Peterson says his, his powerful word is sharp as a surgeon's scalping, and it cuts through everything, whether doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and obey. Nothing and no one can resist God's word. Who can get away from it? I'm sorry, we cannot get away from it no matter what and and so this is why we need the word of god in our lives it cannot just be your sunday worship experience this is not enough to keep you lighthouse church now and 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 i love preaching to you all seriously like like sundays are like the highlight of my week i love being together with you but you know what i love more than this is seeing every single one of you being transformed by god's word It's seeing you become a new person through the power of God's word. It's seeing God save your marriage through the power of God's word. It's seeing God do a work in your children. It's seeing God's word break addictions. It's seeing God's word have its way in your life. But we've got to be open and let Him do that. Let me read to you Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24. Paul says this. He says, throw off your old sinful nature. And your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Listen to what he says next. Let the spirit renew your thoughts. That's what we've been talking about. He wants to come in and change the way that you think. He wants to renew your thoughts. And let me preach on what's next because this is real fun. And he also wants to change your attitude. Everybody say attitude. attitude. Oh, here we go. Did you know that God cares about your attitude? Did you know that God wants to renew your attitude? Some of y'all walk walk around this church on a Sunday looking like you sucked on a lemon and yet you're singing about the joy of the Lord. I'm like, well, if you are so joyful in the Lord, you might want to tell your face. Because so many times there are too many Christians that just have bad attitudes. And God doesn't just want to renew your mind, but he wants the spirit to also renew your attitudes. There's so many people like, Pastor Josh... You know, people don't like to come to my Bible study because I tell it like it is. No, you're just an unkind person. You have a bad attitude. Nobody wants to come to your connect because you got a bad attitude. If You've fi- you got to let the Spirit fix your attitude. I think this church, you want to know what would be a great church growth strategy? If everyone just smiled more. I just smiled more. I I heard this the other day. I I I haven't fact checked this, okay? And I know I said it's your responsibility and I okay, but but it sounds right, okay? I heard that children smile 400 times a day. 400 times a day. Kids on average will smile 400 times a day. Adults got it all the way down to 20. <laughs> 20. <laughs> as as life happens and you just stop smiling but but what if if god has saved your marriage you let people know through your smile what if god delivered you from an addiction you just smile more to let people know god's done a work in me what if god saved your kid from drugs you just let everyone know through the smile on your face sometimes you don't gotta go and beat a bible you just smile at people and want people like why are you so happy all the time do you know what god did for my marriage do you know what god did for my home? Do you know what God did for my finances? Do you know what he did for my children? I've got a reason to smile. Everybody say attitude. attitude. I never understood why some of the most spiritual people had the worst attitudes. I'm like, you're spiritual, but you're mean. Like I'm legit afraid of you. Why? Like, like why? Anyway, let me move on. And Paul says, put on your new nature. Listen to me. Created To be like God, truly righteous and holy. He created your new nature, okay, to be like God. Why? Because his original design all the way back in Genesis was that we would be made in his image. Sin distorts the image. When we renew our mind and it begins to transform our life, now we're getting back to God's original design for us. Created to be like God. Everybody say like God. Now, you ain't God, okay? I know some of you are walking around spiritual, like super spiritual, like you flew in on the wings of your back today. But we're created to be like God. And and, and I think the way that we are like God is as we relate to other people in the way that Jesus related to people. I think we're never more like God when we are acting like Jesus to the people that we live with. And, and, And I believe that all of the Bible points us to the person of jesus now let me get real practical okay i'm gonna give you practicals i I, i've given you my thesis but i'm gonna send you out of here uh i'll be done in just a couple of minutes with some practicality because um i I want you to walk i want you to walk away and really know what to do because some of y'all are gonna go home and you're like okay pastor josh said i gotta read my bible more let's go to the book of revelation and you're gonna read that and be and you're gonna have nightmares You're gonna shut your bible say, forget it i ain't doing this no more I am not, he's crazy. I read about a whore in Babylon. What does that have to do with anything? Some of you are going to go home and read your Bible and go to Leviticus. You're like, I can't eat shrimp? What? I'm out. You know what I mean? So let me help you, okay? That, that's why I want to help you because so many times people are like, you know, they, they, they want to go read their Bible. Like, um, they're all on fire, but they just don't know how. So can I help you? Are you guys tracking with me, Lighthouse Church? All right, so let's dive in. Number one, we read the Bible for devotion. We read the Bible for devotion. How do we do that? Next slide. You got to have a place and you have got to have a space. There should be a room in your house designated for where you have your devotion. What does it mean to have devotion with God? It means you read your Bible and then you let your Bible read you. Whoa, come on, somebody. You read your Bible and then you let your Bible read you. When you are reading your Bible for devotion, you simply want to sit in the presence of God and you just want to be intimate with the Word of God, and the Word of God is going to do a work in you. Everybody say devotion. devotion. How does that happen? You got to have a place and a space. You got to have a regular appointment with your Bible. If you do not have a regular appointment with your Bible, you're missing out on the type of of of, of Im- the weight of importance that you should give it i have a place and a space you should go to that same couch so much that in 5 years it has literally been made in your image you know what i mean it's like conform <laughs> to your image you get the reference but but listen if i asked you where do you study about just everywhere okay then nowhere just say nowhere okay but 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 it when you have A place and a space, that's the first thing you do. Number two, you should begin with prayer. Before you get in the Bible, you should have a conversation. Say, God, as I get into your word, would you speak to me through your word? Would you would You allow your word to speak to me? I don't care who the author is, who the people group is. I don't care about anything else. Just, just speak to me through your word. Number three, you gotta have a plan. Because like I said, I don't want you to open it up to Leviticus and get lost, okay? I don't want you to go to Revelations and have nightmares. What I want for you to do is have a plan. Now, you can download the Bible app for your phone, pick a plan that does deals with anxiety, fear, depression, family, whatever thing that you're like, hey, I need help in my marriage. Find the plan. Go into devotion. Read that together. If you need help with that, go to the Start Here Canopy. We're going to tag you up with the pastor. We'll help you to get on a plan. But it's good to have a plan. Too many times we're like, I need to read my Bible. Let's see what God's going to say to me today. There. Okay, let me read that. That, You're going to be very limited in your growth if you do it that way. Okay? And I know some of you do that. You know what I mean? Like you went to go pick a tattoo. You're like, well, there. You didn't even know what it was. You're like, I got a tattoo of the Bible on me. Did you read it? You just picked the verse, didn't you? Okay, going on true story Uh, someone had a a true story true story okay someone was like they put they put the they put a verse tattoo and I was like huh why'd you pick that verse well I love the message what does that message say for I know the plans for you plans to prosper you know that whole the verse I'm like no it doesn't that's the verse before that you got the wrong one (laughs) true story okay moving on (laughs) I'm not even lying I'm not even I was like dude you got the wrong verse anyway moving on gotta read your bible folks (laughs) <laughs> you want to read the Bible and let it read you, okay? You want to read the Bible and let it read you. And lastly, you want to close with prayer. That's it. It's that simple. Devotion could be five minutes, devotion could be 10 minutes. Time does not matter. Do you guys want to know what matters? That you do it daily. Why? Because Jesus said, Give us this day my daily bread. He he was talking about his word. That's an analogy. Give us this day our daily bread. That's an analogy to the word of God that how often should you have your bread? So anyone that asks, Pastor Josh, how how often should I I be in devotion? I would say daily. Daily you should be in your Bible. Again, it doesn't have to be an hour. You can just spend five minutes in devotion. That's fine. Everyone's devotion looks different, but you got to have some devotion. Now, there's another way that we approach the scripture. Number two, we study the Bible. Everybody say study. Now we study the Bible and the reason this is so important is because even though the Bible is more accessible than it's ever been in the course of human history, Bible illiteracy is higher than it's ever been in the course of human history. And and some of you, because you do not study your Bible, you will believe anything some influencer tells you about the Bible. Now, someone may be good with the basketball. That don't mean they're able to teach the scriptures. Just because someone's good at acting doesn't mean you should listen to them teach the scriptures. You you, you really got to hear from people who know the word of God. And now you can, can become that person by studying the Bible. Now, this is different than devotion. I don't have time to dig into all of it. Next slide. How do we study the Bible? Well, we want to know who was the writer, who was the author of that, who who was their intended audience? Who were they writing to? And, and when was this written? I want to know at what period of time. Like, who was the emperor at that time? What was the political climate of that time? Were, were they in a war? Like, what was going on? Like, like, what was going on at the time that this was written? That's called context. Everybody say context. I want to know context. I want to know what's the reason for the author's writing. Like, like did he have a reason for writing this? And then I also want to know, what did the author expect to happen? as a result of this writing i read something funny on instagram the other day that made me laugh because paul wrote all of these letters letters to the church in corinth colossians ephesians philippi thessalonians and most of those times it's because paul was bringing correction and most of the times he was trying to correct something anyway the post said If Paul was alive today, America, the 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 um, the American church would be getting a letter. (laughs) I think they're right. We probably would. Paul would be giving us a letter. Anyway, moving on. That's me just being a Bible nerd. All right. And then lastly, we ask ourselves: Is there any application for today? Like like now that I've studied this, what's the application for today? And you might be wondering, Pastor Josh, you're talking about this studying the Bible, devotion for the Bible. I just came for an experience. God wants a relationship with you. He just doesn't want an experience with you. He wants a relationship with you. Can you imagine you only checked in with your spouse once a week on a Sunday for an hour and say, I'm in a committed relationship with you. No, you're not. <laughs> I just came for the experience, honey. Praise the Lord. All right. God doesn't want an experience with you he wants a relationship with you and and listen the bible second to last point the bible is a single cohesive story that points us to Jesus when you understand the bible from beginning to end when you know your bible you're going to realize that this is one giant love letter from the heart of God to you it's a love letter from him to you even the parts that you don't understand and this is why we have the Lighthouse Leadership College here at Lighthouse Church. Come on, make some noise, all my college students. Where's my rambunctious group of Bible nerds, theology thumpers? Listen, the reason we started a Bible college here at this church is I, I have a desire in my heart that we would be a biblically literate church. You know, the Bible commended a group, the Bereans, and the author wrote, he said, the Bereans, they, they searched the scriptures someone says something, they're like, that sounds good, but let me research it. Those are the brands. And I want you guys to be that way too. I want for some of you to take notes. Fact check me every now and then. I'd appreciate it. Seriously, I would. And that is why when I preach the scriptures, my bend is always to first tell you the context. What did it mean for then? And what does it mean for us today? Because I want us to be skillful. Everybody say skillful. We got to be skillful with the word of God. I know there's a lot of There's a lot of preaching that has become nothing but highlight reels and hype, and it lacks the depths of God's word. And Paul told Timothy, he said, carefully handle the word of God. And my charge to Lighthouse Church is that you be careful with God's word. When we look back at the history of Judaism and we look back at what would happen when the rabbis would come. You see, it took a rabbi to teach the word of God, not just some site, not just some parking lot prophet can come up and roll up with the word. No, you had to be a rabbi in order to teach the word of God at the time of Christ. And you want to know when they released you to teach the word of God when you were 30 years old. Which means you, from the time that you were five years old till the time you were 30, you did 25 years worth of training before they said, and now you can teach the word of God. Twenty-five years, lighthouse? Twenty-five. That that's the time that it took for someone. And 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 if historically we we hear about when the rabbi would come, come on up, or I'm never gonna shut up. Come on, come on up. The rabbi, the rabbi would would come and he would be in a community and he would bring a, 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 a scroll to read and, and and he'd be in the synagogue ready to read the scroll. What the Bible says, won't you hear me mom and dad, what the Bible says, uh, not, I'm sorry, not the Bible, but but our study of the customs of, of Jews at that time is when the rabbi would hold open, hold up the scroll and say, this is the word of God. Parents would get a little honey and they would dip it, just touch the mouths of their children with honey because they were teaching them that the word of God should be sweet on your lips the word of God needs to be like like honey on your lips and the Bible alliterates to that is the word of God is supposed to be sweet and so they were training and teaching their children at a young age every time the rabbi would open the scroll the little kid would get honey on his mouth because he learned to associate the word of God with sweetness And so the Bible is a single story that points us to Jesus. And this is the last thing I'll tell you. The reason that I want you to fall in love with your Bible, I'm going to copy a phrase from my friend, Pastor Manny Arango. It says this, you cannot fall in love with the Bible without falling in love with Jesus. We got a lot of people that say they love God, but they don't have the word of God in them. And so when the storms of life come they topple. Why? Because they have no relationship with the Word of God. It's all emotionalism. It's all experience. But there's no anchor. There's no roots. There's, there's no depth. But when you got the depth of the Word of God on the inside of you, when you are anchored in the Word of God, if you are in love with your Bible, then you're always going to be in love with Jesus. So that's why Lighthouse Church, I want you to love your Word. Because if I can get you to love your Word, you're going to love Jesus. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for your goodness and for your grace. And I thank you, God, because you've given us your word. We're not just foreigners in this world or pilgrims in a strange land without a map, without direction, without GPS, but you've given us your word to order our steps. You've given us your word to direct our path. And I don't have to be afraid and feel as if I'm alone. And I don't have to walk around this world with questions, but you've given me your word. You've given me your truth you've deposited it into my life and father i'm so grateful that even when i don't know what to do with what i've read i've got a church i've got a community i've got a connect group i've got loved ones that are going to walk me through the scriptures and teach me lord god your truth so we thank you god we worship you and god would you deposit a love for the word of god into the hearts of every single person in this place in jesus name we pray Amen. Come on, stand on your feet. Let's worship together. Come on, for just a few moments, can we just worship God all together? And let's give him praise today. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others. Or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.